0: Thank you for downloading the Sermon Podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. Enjoy the message.
1: We are, now we finished chapter 10, but there was a phrase in the chapter that, or a couple of verses in the chapter that we wanted to come back and look at a little more closely. So uh, if you look back at chapter 10, verse 8, Remember, we were looking at the, uh, all of these nations, they call it the table of nations, um, all of these uh, people that descended from Noah and his three sons when they came off the boat uh, or the ark, and then you may recall Noah, he had the three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. If you look at verse 2, that kind of traces the line of Japheth, one of his sons. Verse 6, the line of Ham, and then over at verse 21, the line of Shem. Um, pretty much the rest of the Bible is going to pick up the line of Shem, really. Um, and we'll get to that tonight when we get to chapter 11 and, and uh, the end of it. But let's go back to chapter 10, verse 6, where it talks about Ham. So it says, now the sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havila, Sabta, Rama, and Sabteka, The sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dedan. And then it says, and Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on the earth to be a mighty man. Sounds like a superhero. <laughs> he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. It says, "Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord." And the beginning of his kingdom was, <coughs> excuse me, Babel or Babel, uh, Erech, Akkad, Kish, and the land of Shinar. From the land he went, from that land he went into Assyria, and he built Nineveh, Rehoboth Ur, Kala, and Rezin, which is between Nineveh. That is the great city. All right, so we have Nimrod. What's that? Okay, I thought someone said my name. Um, Let's point out a couple things. First off, where it uses the word in verse 8, the two words, mighty man. Uh, He was the first on the earth to be a mighty man. Some of your versions may have something different than that. Fearless. It says that he was fearless. fearless. He was a fearless leader, he was a mighty one.
0: Mine
1: says Mighty Hunter. Mighty uh, In 8 or oh, in 9? sorry. In 8 is Mighty 1. Mighty 1, okay. And 9 says Mighty Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And
2: 1 is italicized in okay. So he
1: was mighty. He was mighty. Yeah, some versions, or you can translate it actually, mm-hmm. None of, not many of ours do, but as giant. And so some people start making c- connection with the giants that we just talked about pre-flood to Nimrod and, and all of that. Um, but... The word giant there would be more like saying, well, he was a giant of a man, you know, like uh, in his industry or or something like that. Character Character or just um, presence. (laughs) 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 Just, you know, that that presence that uh, takes over sort of a a world or a culture or a room or something. Um, So I don't think we're talking about him being a giant in the sense of some of the ways we were discussing Um, other ways it could be translated champion, warrior, chief, uh, and things like that. So this fellow was a champion, a warrior uh, of sorts. Now, as uh, Suzanne pointed out, verse 9, it says, And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, I think of a hunter. I think of guys going out like Tracy with her car, hunting down deer, you know, and things like that. Uh, You know, I think of them going out and getting animals and things like that um, but that's not uh, what is Referring to as far as Nimrod is concerned. What do we think Nimrod was a mighty hunter of? He was a warrior
3: mm-hmm. other
1: Yeah, so if anybody people is what he's hunting in a sense of he's going to war uh, against these people you will We'll see that he has this kingdom <laughs> Um, that's mentioned here in the verses. And he attains his kingdom and maintains his kingdom through his force and fighting prowess. Um, So not hunting animals, if you will, but men. Um, He's a warrior. Now, Nimrod, anyone know what it means? Rebel? Rebel? Yeah, it means let us rebel. So which parent thought that was a good idea to name their kid (laughs) (laughs) Nimrod, you know what I mean? And the beginning of his
2: kingdom
4: was Babel. Mm-hmm. A beginning. Trumpies, of the
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, anyway.
3: Before the Lord, I always thought before the Lord is kind of like a well, good thing. Saying, yeah, yeah. Like you know, he was he came before the Lord. So I'm thinking, you know, what Lord had to do with him being a warrior? Or was just the Lord saw him doing what he was doing? I think the latter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I
1: think so too. And.
4: And if he was a violent man and, and he was a, you know, vicious warrior, he was doing it in God's face, so to speak, right? Without any regard
1: for him? There is a Jewish targum. Anyone know what a targum is? It's uh, like a commentary. Um, the the Midras, have you heard of the Midras? They're like commentaries, but the, those commentaries have almost come, it's almost like in, in like the Catholic Church and the Pope can mm-hmm. make a statement. Um, and if it's an official papal statement that it takes on the same uh, weight, if you will, as like the Bible, for instance. Mm-hmm. So the Midras, their commentaries which have almost become Bible for um, Ju- the Jews as well. But the Targum is like a little less than that. Um, Well, anyway, it said this of Nimrod. It said, Nimrod was a hunter, and these are like a couple thousand years old, if not longer. It said, Nimrod was a hunter of the sons of men, saying to them, quote, depart from the judgment of the Lord and adhere to the judgment of Nimrod. Now, so that you could hear that and you could say, depart from the judgment of the Lord in the sense of clean up your act so you're not judged. But the idea is, you know what, we're not going to be submissive right. to God anymore. We're going to be submissive to me, right. uh, to Nimrod. Um, so in that respect, he's sort of referred to as sort of an anti-Yahweh evangelist, mm. you know, preaching uh, this message here. Now, let's look at a couple things. Um, as it says in the verse there, he's building this kingdom, and he, he builds all these cities, Babel and all the others that are listed there, Nineveh are two that we're familiar with, names that we're familiar with. Um, What was the last instruction given uh, to, besides the curse, I guess, of Canaan, but sort of the last instruction that God gave to man? Go and multiply the earth. Yeah, that's back in chapter 9, verse 1 and verse 7. So, look at just verse 7, it says, and you or I guess it's like Philly, Use guys, mm-hmm. be fruitful and multiply, team on the earth and multiply uh, in it. Um, the idea is fill the earth again. And, and so here you have Nimrod doing just the opposite. Instead of spreading out to the earth, he is building his own little kingdom. Couple that with what I just suggested from the Jewish Torghum. Um, and so, uh, and also if you look at verse, or excuse me, chapter 11, this city of Babel, that's where they're going to set up this tower. I don't want to give it away yet, but they're going to set up this tower there. Um, so, he is uh, Nimrod is rebelling. First time the word kingdom is used in the Bible, by the way. Um, and then it goes on and it lists those cities. And so, this is, they suggest, Nimrod's kingdom. All and we'll just kind of put it here. You see in the bottom left corner, that little circle, that's where Jerusalem is. So you can just kind of have a oh. an idea of what we're talking about. This red line here, that's yeah. roughly what they refer to as the Fertile Crescent. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have heard that when you are back in eighth grade and didn't pay attention. Um, mm-hmm. That's that particular area there. Um, south of the Fertile Crescent is kind of deserty. Um, so it's not as fertile. And then if you look at, Maybe, you see the little circle in the bottom right corner? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, Eric, E-R-E-C-H, one of the cities that is listed there. Akkad is listed there. In my Bible, it's spelled A-C-C-A-D. Maybe yours as well. Um, another little circle around the city of uh, Babylon. That's toward the bottom there. Then you go up north. Uh, Assyria is circled, as well as Nineveh and uh Kala, um, which is uh, C-A-L-A, which is also in our passage in chapter 10. So this is where, uh, you know, I didn't go out and survey the land to check if these were accurate, um, but this is where they're suggesting these places are or were, I guess, is a better way. And so Nimrod has quite a bit of uh, territory, if you will, for himself, almost a northern and a southern portion. Okay? i give you a little idea of that. All right, any other thoughts on Nimrod?
2: I was just looking at my commentary on the, the before the Lord thing, and it's kind of a weird word. Mm-hmm. Um, it it seems like it it could have a lot of negative connotations to it. Um, I'm trying to give you an example. Um,
4: Is it along the tones of like Sodom
2: and Gomorrah were sinning greatly and their sins were... Piling up, um, like things like against um, before. The okay. So it's like uh, in the face of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, against with anger. Mm-hmm. But then it's got like these positive ones too, like honorable and impud- well, impudent would not be no, but bo- positive, impudent. yeah. In- yeah. Uh, so, it, it seems like it's a weird word. It could have, like, positive or mm-hmm. negative terms. To, so, um, my Believer Bible's commentary that's on my phone says that it was in rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. Like, he was out to conquer mm-hmm. Yeah. in the battle.
1: Well, the statement about um, Genesis 9-7 that, you know, I want you to spread out, and he doesn't, and then... The fact that what happens in chapter 11 at, at Bab- Babel there or Babel there uh, and it being one of his cities all seems to point yep. toward the other. All right?
4: Okay. Well, and what he was doing in that city.
1: Uh, when? In chapter 10 or 11 or? Seven.
5: 11. yeah. Right. Yes, sir? Um, I, I don't want to ruin. Hopefully ruin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turn the tape off. Pause. Uh, the type of the Antichrist. I don't know
1: if you going to go No, that. I wasn't going to go there. How so?
5: Um, we're a world dictator um, going against the Lord. Um, uh-huh. Um, and in Micah it 5, um, kind of alludes the Assyrian as the forecasted world leader in the end times. So could he
1: ah, be a, Syria. Yeah. a
5: predecessor to that.
4: There's a lot of, there's a lot of scuttle, a lot of scuttle on the internet about the, the Nimrod spirit returning, hmm. because it has to, the Antichrist, right? So the one that says, we will, you know, go against God and mm-hmm. become God ourselves and that whole vein of thinking.
1: Was he the king of um, Babel? Well, he was, in a sense, whether that's the term they use, I'm not sure, but... Okay. He was in charge of it, and right. he he killed, killed anyone who was, wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say he was the leader. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The
0: CEO.
5: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. Chuck Missler, when he talks about it, one of the titles, you know, again, just his mm-hmm. title sure. accepted, but um, Nimrod second mm-hmm. is his yep. name for the Antichrist. Is that right? Yeah. Well, we he got really Nimrod goes himself, but in the right, right. same vibe. Gotcha. So. Wow, he really goes down
4: there. Okay. Unless he really was unless this Nimrod really was inhabited by a demonic spirit, okay. then it could actually be returning yeah.
5: back. Could be that same when they get let out. Right. Hmm. All right. Okay. For for what that's worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I guess the whole of
1: this thing. So All right. Yeah,
4: will we get the bell, are we there yet?
1: We're going there right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let me read. Did you want to say something, man? No,
3: his, his rebellion wasn't just simply having a bad life and carousing and, and just letting go. No. No. He very purposefully set up a kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he very purposefully had an objective, he had mm-hmm. power, he, he had a, that rebellion against <coughs> God. So mm-hmm. he set himself up against God. Mm-hmm. So it was a different kind of just to the, mm-hmm. you know, sowing your wild oats and. You know, sure. A, a, you know, crazy. Yeah. Seem to have a, a and
1: that phrase, you know, set himself up against God, or mm-hmm. that's close to the phrase about the Antichrist in the New Testament. I can't think of exact wording.
4: Mm-hmm. He will set himself up and oppose everything that is called God.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that Thessalonians?
4: I think it's Daniel.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, Daniel. Okay. Well, good connections then. Thank you, sir. All right, chapter 11. Let's read the first three verses. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and vitamin uh, for mortar. So uh, we we just looked at this map. I I put a bigger circle this time uh, around (coughs) Babylon, or um, uh, the area of Babel um, there. So... It's down there in the south. That's what we're referring to. Um, Now, the events of the first nine verses of chapter eleven—they occur prior to some of the verses in chapter ten. All right. So remember, chapter ten is a genealogy. um, So uh, it goes all the way up to Abraham, um, and yet some of these events occur prior to those uh, verses there. This event that we're going to read about in chapter 11, verses 1 to 9, it actually takes place in verses 8 to 12 of chapter 10. And then if you look at chapter 10, verse 25, where it says, "...to Eber were born two sons, and the name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided." Um, it seems that that fits as well, that mm-hmm. the division of the earth is when, most of you are probably familiar with the story of Babel, The at the end of it, the, the people are dispersed mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So let me throw this slide. You remember this slide we've looked at here um, before? So if you look up there, Nimrod is of the same generation as Shelah on our little thing here, different family line. So in a sense, they were like cousins. Now, I know that sometimes you could have a cousin that's 20 years younger than the other, whatever, but typically they're all in the same ballpark and sit at the same Thanksgiving table and things like that. And so Nimrod's generation, so we can assume, let's just say he was born, we don't have the dates in the Bible, around the year 1700. That kind of puts him right in that particular generation. Now, he probably wasn't a mighty hunter before the Lord when he was 10. And he was a descendant of? Canaan. Ah uh, ham and cush. yep, ham and cush, okay. not Canaan, that was his uncle, um, and this is following Shem's line, which I'm just throwing up there to show you some things, so let's just assume that he wasn't a mighty hunter when he was five or ten years old if i If we're assuming he was born in seventeen hundred, let's just say that he waited until he was about forty or fifty years old. That's going to put him about seventeen fifty or so that he starts taking over the world mm. um and Peleg, which is what 1025 says, to Eber were born two sons, the name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided. He was born, as you can see there, in 1757. And so that's right around that time. So it seems that this is when this is occurring somewhere right around the 1750s or 1756 maybe, who knows. Um, And again, my numbers are, I know that uh, Colleen, when she was with us, her Bible has kind of the same type of a chart, mm-hmm. and our numbers are like one year or two years off. Mm-hmm. So I'm fully acknowledging that these numbers are probably, at least the black numbers are just my best guesses. Mm-hmm. Um, the white numbers are totally accurate, because that's what the Bible says. But, um, so... Go it if they're not right. Oh. <laughs> Perhaps. To me, it just gives me sort of a sense of things. doesn't help me when I'm in traffic, but it gives me a sense of things. Alrighty. So... That is that. All right. Any comments on that? All right. Let's read the next few verses. Verse 4 says, Then they said, Do we read this?
4: No, he's got the for order.
1: Huh. How about that? They said, Come, let us build a city, ourselves a city and a name. Excuse me. Let's start again. Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top into the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed. Over the face of the earth, and so they kind of give us a clue in that statement of what part of their rebellion is, because again, we saw in nine verse seven and nine verse one that they were to a team on the earth, populate the earth, and here now they're saying no no let's let's stay right here, let's build a city here so that we are not dispersed uh, throughout the earth now that doesn't seem like a Terrible sin, does it? Do you think it's a bad sin?
4: No, no, I was going to say what, 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 what they were doing in the city is what's important. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, okay yes, I, I agree. Okay. Um, we're not there yet, but <coughs> but this idea of not, so I want to live here and I want to build a little city here. Why is that such a big deal?
3: Because God's ask, asking you to do something different. So Essentially, it's the step in the wrong direction. Mm. So you know, then it becomes compounded by other things. Mm-hmm. It's like at the heart of the dis- disobedience, may not necessarily be the big disobedience, mm. but it's that first disobedience that opens the door to... Or, yeah. You
1: know, Gateway yeah.
3: disobedience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In some <laughs> respects.
3: Yeah. Because yeah. It, you, know, you, you can't always reason, with, like, I understand this, therefore I'm go- going to obey. It's He's just asking you to obey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And said so we overlook some of those things. We feel like we don't understand or yeah. don't seem to be a biggie.
1: Okay, so that's one of the sins of Babel is rebellion. Okay. Um, the second one they say in is it in verse four? Mm-hmm. Um, let us make a name for ourselves. Mm-hmm. What would that be? Pride. It seems pride. to me to be pride. Um, and
0: which is the foundation of all the other sins anyway? So they start they started out like, yeah, let's do this out of pride. Their intention already was based on pride. We're doing So our own thing. nothing can come good from
1: that, right? Mm. No, but the foundation like, and the root, you're right. It's not gonna be good. Right. And then it says in the verse that they want to build this tower with its tops, uh, top I should say, into the heavens. Mm-hmm. And so now what they built was a ziggurat. This isn't it. Um, By the way, this is the the Tower of Babel. I did see one. It was a little cartoon tower. I was going to put that up there. again, But then I lost it. I couldn't find it again. And it wasn't worth my effort to hunt it down. But anyway, this roughly gives you an idea of uh, what kind of a tower. Here's some, like, artist drawings of it and things like that. So you see how it kind of goes into the heavens and and all that. We don't know exactly what. Um, But... We know that in the ancient world, mm-hmm. and not even in the, the far too distant ancient world, even, uh, you know, we, we see places in Mexico and South America and so on. You know, these ziggurats, they were places of worship. We, we, we were go, would go to a place. Did you ever go there, Jay, in Belize to the. Mm-hmm. We uh, yeah. were
0: there.
1: Yeah. yeah, and, you know, right at the top, there's that stone where they did Old the human right? sacrifices. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, one of our guys. Laid on the stone. Another guy like, came and get him, and got a picture. <laughs> like, why do you not get off there? You know. But anyway, um, that we know in the ancient world, these ziggurats were were places where they worshipped, or um, a lot of uh, astrology type worshiping of the stars and things like that. Um, so it seems that that's the connection here. Um, are we at your point you want to make?
4: Yeah. Go ahead, make it. So they were also in a plane. So this would have been the tallest thing in the plane, like the plane of Shinar. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Yeah, the high places, right? Yeah. And and what they said with it, so it's okay. Okay, so had they just done it just to be building a place of worship, even though that's bad enough, they said, come let us build a tower with the tops in the heavens, Mm -hmm. which means they wanted Mm -hmm. to be sent up into the the, Mm. the place of God.
1: Yeah. That's very good. Mm
4: -hmm. Which is the temptation way back from Mm -hmm. the garden. you will know good and evil and become as God Mm -hmm. so they were trying to get there with their own efforts building this tower and again some people have said well there's things going on in the world now that people are trying to you know well take over God's role in Mm -hmm. reproduction take over God's role in life and death end Mm -hmm. of life end of death Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. on that scale but then there's also all the satanic Mm -hmm. you know spiritual stuff that's going on mm-hmm. with trying to access this power
1: mm-hmm.
4: and it's getting, you know, Illuminati if you want to mm-hmm. put out there. Mhm. So,
0: you said it. And okay that's why now. they see
4: Nimrod the Nimrod spirits coming back mm-hmm. because the world is coalescing around these ideas mm-hmm. of one world government, one world religion, one, you know.
1: Mhm. Okay, so you have um A guy whose name means let us rebel, disobeying God's command. (laughs) No, disobeying God's command to populate the earth, instead Mm -hmm. concentrating it in a place, building this place of worship, Mm -hmm. um, and around this idea of, and it seems, taking this new religion, in a sense that he has, this anti Yahweh. Evangelist that he is, mm-hmm. and physically as a mighty warrior, um, taking that like uh, trying to advance that kingdom, you know. So it's uh, it's not good. And then and ultimately building a tower that would reach into the heavens, you know. Heavens being the kind of the dwelling place of God, in a sense, everybody mm-hmm. kind of thinks that. Um, and um, man can never make his way to God and reach God. You know, I think of Joseph. Uh, no, no, Jacob has his dream, and it says oh, that yeah. there's a ladder yeah. that it comes down from heaven, mm-hmm. and the angels descend, and does send back in a sense. You know that it comes from God down to man. That's how uh, the things of God work, uh, or are supposed to work, I should say. And yet we have the opposite here. Okay. I
3: think it's mm-hmm. sad that there's no. I mean, there's no. There's no opposition to him. You know, like there was Noah. And now we come to this generation. You think there'd be somebody saying, "Did you not Remember the water part? You know, mm. it, there's just no outcry uh, against him. There's no people calling on God at this time. It's like, what happened? And yeah, how many we're generations. Are we from Noah? We're like four generations.
1: Four generations, but and less than a hundred years.
3: years.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, you said the Arpa Chad was built was born one year after the flood, right?
1: Two years, it says, after the flood. Okay. So, so yeah. there's my numbers are probably
4: off. because one generation removed from the first person born after the flood. So yeah. They,
3: do they not see that this guy was bad and doing the wrong thing? Or were they just too busy populating? <laughs> fun. He was, he was a
4: mighty
3: warrior.
1: What are you going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's... Uh, Go on, verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. What's that called when the Lord comes down?
0: Trouble. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's true, too. Well, that's well, the well, start well, of a well, Pentecostal well, message. The Lord <laughs> came <well>. down.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if, he, you know, there was the Lord was physically walking around on the earth. If so, then you're having a theophany. Um It doesn't seem as if he encountered anybody and, like, talked with people or anything like that, but so whatever that exactly means, the Lord takes notice of, sees this city, sees the tower um, which the children of man had built, and the Lord said, now to who did he say that? divine council. Yeah. The capital you. All right, to himself, and uh, there's a communication much like we saw in the book of, uh, well, Genesis early on, um, let us make man in our image. It says, "Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do." And again, remember, as Suzanne pointed out, you know it, the foundation was rebellion. Um, nothing good's going to come, or pride, I think, is what mm-hmm. she said. And then it goes on. It says, "And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them." Um, so, uh, the Lord says in verse seven, "Come, let us go down there and confuse their language." so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. So the city that they were building was only partially built, apparently, because they, uh, they ran into a, a little difficulty halfway through. Now, what do you think God's afraid of when he says, I don't know afraid is the right word, but when he says uh, nothing they propose to do will be... Impossible for them.
0: He's like, it sounds like he's giving them over to their sin. That's the impression that
1: he is giving them over. Yeah,
0: yeah, like how so? Like in um, like in Romans when they when they talk about how God finally got to a point where He just gave them over to their reprobate minds. Okay. And it, I'm wondering if it's like the same sort of situation. Like, let them have a great time because I'm about to come down and really you know like they're going to be in the throes of their activity when he comes down and shows his glory
1: okay Does I, I thought a bit the opposite what
0: did I mean, you think mercy what? Like that
1: he's regard. not given them over to their yeah, sin
0: oh maybe yeah.
4: like in the garden yeah, he did the tree of the tree of life so they didn't live forever here he didn't let them finish their work because the rebellion would have been astronomical
0: oh so him coming down was a
3: and
1: way
0: confusing of confusing the
3: languages oh, right, yeah because then they would have built on the success of their rebellion. Uh-huh. And just they,
0: they would, would have, have so he like saved them importance. from themselves
3: yeah, in a
1: sense. That's what I was thinking.
3: Oh, that's cool, yeah. That's okay. But I mean, it, it, it just, it's just such a short bit, explaining such an incredible yeah. event. What was mm-hmm. it like? So you're going to speak this language. I mean, did were all the languages establish their time? I mean, was it? What happens if your wife started speaking another language? You're like, right. okay, you're going to another tribe <laughs> because we don't speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did God manage to keep the same tribes with the same languages? Or was well, that just a get more sense if I know, but it's, it's, it's inc- I mean it's a hard, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. And so little is actually like, it's not
4: You're saying if it's instantaneous, d- God basically said, reboot.
0: Right arrive. Nice.
4: What?
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: And then just people having to then find their own language groups like hey, we're the English oh, people yeah yeah <laughs> and we are going this way. It's just mm. to me it's like so little said about it. Yeah. But what can you imagine being there and in yeah. that event? Yeah. It's not gonna be a small event because mm. your entire society has changed so radically. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is it's a parallel of Pentecost. Only that was to spread the oh, gospel, yes. this it, was yes. to
1: yeah. Yeah. People. yeah. Absolutely. Power,
3: yeah. So this was the this was the end of his kingdom. The victory. We
4: had Nineveh.
1: Like. Does he stop being a mighty warrior?
4: Some, somebody must have still spoken his language, but he doesn't have as yeah. many peeps. Right. The ability
1: to <laughs> to influence as many. You know, if you've ever been in a setting where you are the minority as far as um, the spoken word. Um, it's pretty frustrating. It's, it's exhausting in some respects um, to try to communicate with folks that don't know what you're saying and you don't know what they're saying. That's hard for me. Um, I was even in Kenya where they speak English, but they speak it with such an accent mm. that I was like, you had to work to like make out what they're saying. And I kept saying, oh! You said in the, like, and I'm like three sentences away, you know, and it just gets really tiring and frustrating, and you can just imagine, you know, the, I can see fights breaking out and That's things like that thing. and, had, like, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it must have been a crazy situation. I'm not looking much at you guys. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so, all right, well, so anyway, I see here God mercifully judging them in a sense. And that with the judgment, there is sort of an opportunity to protect them from themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they are, as it says, they're dispersed. Um, Then it says, verse 9, therefore its name was called uh, Babel Mm -hmm. because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. So the word Babel, um, Mm -hmm. it's I mean, obviously the Hebrew letters look completely different, but it it means or it translates to Babel, um, but it means confusion. Now we say uh, you're babbling, and we're talking about just not making any sense when you speak. Um, so, uh, was it called Babel before or after? It seems like it was named that before, um, but nonetheless, it now it means what it says, uh, and it says, "And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of." Uh, the earth. And I, I think that's what's meant, as I mentioned earlier, by chapter 10, verse 25. Uh, people look at that and they think that's when the, what do we call it, the pan and, Pangea, Pangea. The, that happened in 1025, that the earth was divided. To me, that would give the impression of blam, and it quickly divided or whatever. It, it seems to me, from what we understand, is that the earth is sort of slowly divided. Um, drifting and moving. Um, so but I the think it, the that's dispersed. what I think it's referring to, the people. Yeah, so divided. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yes. So just an interesting thought mm-hmm. to throw out. Um, probably the first time since Noah's time have we been able to be like the people of Babel. I mean, literally, English our ability to, the, com- yeah, yeah. Uh, to communicate across the world, to translate things easily, to... We have well, a translator over there. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 You see that? Okay. <laughs> you know, one person pointed out that the common language of our world, they didn't say it was English. They said it was mathematics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that, like, I could type something
3: mm-hmm.
1: in, my, in English, and it could translate and be picked up somewhere else, and, and that's through mathematical equations or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
3: I used to to do business with people in other countries, and I used to say to him, but you don't speak any of their languages. He said, I write down a number, they write down a number, and we agree on a number. (laughs) And I was like, okay, because I was like, do we need a translator, do we need a... And he was like, I write numbers, they write numbers, and I was like, wow. Yeah, how about that? That's how the deal was done.
1: So, Jay, any other comment on that? I'm sorry.
2: Um... No, I have another useless piece of information. We love it. The, Come on, the, throw it out there. The uh, U.S. Embassy in Baghdad.
1: Yeah, what about that? You Something that,
2: isn't that crazy? It's it's the largest embassy in the entire world in Baghdad, um, and employs like fifteen thousand people to do what? No, no idea. It's a giant facility, and it looks like it's
1: a giant building. It's it's like. Explosion proof and all does sorts. Does it look of, like that? Do
2: you have that? Pretty much. No, no. no. <laughs> <It's not that. laughs> it kind of does.
1: Eh? Yeah. Um, now, that's probably that's significant I just, for another reason.
2: No, I just that Baghdad's not Babylon, but you know it's just an interesting note for, like I said, useless piece of paper. Okay. <laughs> but if you were saying
4: so all the okay math or English whatever. Because now, again, enabled the world to be unified to do this. Yeah. Right? Working itself up to the end.
2: True. Well, I'm just, you know, it, and what does it mean that we have the largest embassy there? I know that Chuck Missler probably had something on that because I think they're trying to connect the internet of the east to the internet of the west in the same area as well. That's in the city of Babylon, I heard. Yeah, yeah. That's the nexus. So it's all sorts of places. interesting stuff around that area. Like How
1: close are Babylon and Baghdad? 60 miles. 60 miles. Okay. Mm.
5: Yeah, it's almost due south. So. Yeah, and you thought Babylon was destroyed? It was conquered. It was never <laughs> destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you they come.
3: still got the hang- some bits of the hanging garden hanging. So, yeah.
5: there are, it's inhabited. Um the Saddam Hussein built a palace there. It's there are people. We have a base there, mm-hmm. so yeah, there are people there. So it's mm-hmm. that part of prophecy. I don't think it's been fulfilled yet. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so what? Um, for those not
1: as familiar, what are the prophecies you're referring to as far as Babylon? Well, that it will be utterly destroyed and
5: never inhabited again.
1: Okay. It,
4: it. well, if that's if that's a literal destruction, or not if not a spiritual destruction. You're
5: talking revelation? Yeah. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. My take on... My conviction is it's spiritual
1: and physical. I think they're both true. Okay, so there's this idea that in the last days that Babylon, uh, mystery Babylon, will become perhaps the headquarters of this world empire, the Antichrist. Leading a
2: large embassy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a pound. <laughs> yeah. yeah. well, well, I think, think it's pretty cool. See, who's who's going to Baghdad? That's what I want to know. Like,
3: really? <laughs> it has to be rebuilt it's fully before it can be destroyed. Right. Of
5: right. That's. Yeah. I mean, 150 years ago, who would have thought Israel would exist? Mm-hmm. I think you can use Babylon as another litmus test to to just say, Hey, the Bible mm-hmm. said this already. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? <laughs> Although some people say Babylon
4: is referring to the world system, That's yeah, yeah I, I, I think it's that both. That could be the physical sure. manifestation of it, but it's and inspired. Israel was the church.
2: true, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so the people who didn't, who were preaching in the t- days of Israel not existing, believed that the church right.
1: represented Israel. Right. Yeah. Not all of them. Not all of them. There were some true sure. people of faith that were like, "It's got to come back," which is right. remarkable. Right. So it could be both. Mm-hmm. Is yes. my point? Yeah, I agree with you. Bob, what were you going to say? Oh, just there's,
5: I'm just looking at my note here. Babel, which they say that is Babylon. Mm -hmm. Word is Akkadian origin and means gateway to God.
1: Mm. Yeah, Mm Bab-el.
4: (laughs) And now it just became Babel. Confusion. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, are we ready to move on? All right, let's look at verse 10. Uh, So we'll go from 10 to 26. These are the descendants of Shem. So remember, you have uh, Noah having the three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Um, And we already saw Japheth and his descendants. We already, we really did all of them in chapter 10, even verses 21 through kind of the end of the chapter. We looked at a bunch of descendants of Shem. Well, now we're going to uh, go back a little more closely and look at these. Um, so, it says this. Now, these are the generations of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he fathered Arpachshad two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he fathered Arpachshad 500 years and had other sons and daughters. So, going back to chapter 5, verse 32, we know that Shem was the son of Noah, um, at that point we're only told that when Noah was 500 he had three boys. Um, I guess you can interpret that, that he uh, had triplets when he was a 500 year old man, but that's probably not accurate. Um, and so what this verse does is it gives us the ability to figure out Shad's, or excuse me, Shem's um, birth year. So we have, I'm going to show you that in a second, but this will go on to show you how old he is. Um, so I created that chart I showed you a little bit, kind of the timeline thing and and comparing. This verse allows us to figure out when that was because it says that he gave birth to Arpakshad two years after the flood um, when he was 100 years old. So if the flood was 1656, I don't know if it means when it started or when it ended, so let's just say it's 1658, 100 years before that is 1558, so he was born in 1558. All right? For me, that's exciting just because I like these things, and it gives us the ability to get all the way up to Abraham and know the generations. Mm-hmm. I will say, some people have suggested there are missing generations, they're um, just not mentioned, and you go from to grandsons or whatever. And if that's the case, then my numbers are all off. Um, I think it says what it says, it says. And so I just take it like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so um brings us all the way up to Abraham roughly around the year, the 2000th year. Of history, But we'll talk about that, got to keep moving. So we have uh, this particular slide showing you Shem. All right, now the first number you have there where it says 1 to 10, that's the first 10 generations from Adam to Noah. Uh, and you may recall their average lifespan was 905 years. All right, so you can see after the flood here, Shem is significantly lower um, at 600 years. Alrighty. Now, verse twelve says, "Now when Orpachshad he had lived thirty-five years, he fathered Shelah, and Orpachshad lived after he fathered Shelah, four hundred and three years, and he had other sons and daughters." So, Orpachshad drops down to four hundred thirty-eight years. Which again, this this formula, if you were here for us with, with us in chapter five, it's a different formula from chapter five. Um, and what I mean by that is, chapter five it says things like this, it says, when Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. He lived after that 870 years. All the days of his life were 912 years. Kind of does the math for us. This one we have to do the math ourselves. I guess we're getting advanced. You know, <laughs> so they're like, you can do it. And so 35 plus 4, 3. So he lives, as it says there, 438 years. Verse 14, when Sheila lived 30 years, he fathered Eber, and Sheila lived after he fathered Eber 403 years. So his total then would be 433, as you can see there, right about the same as our said. All right, verse 16. When Eber lived 34 years, he fathered Peleg, and uh, I think Paul, you called him Pegleg, didn't Pegleg. you? Yeah, <laughs> were not you saying he was a pirate or something? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't say that. that wasn't you. Okay. Um, All right. All right, verse 17, And Eber lived after he fathered Peleg 430 years, and he had other sons and daughters. So that adds up to 464, a little bit uh, more, roughly the same though. Verse 18, Now when Peleg had lived 30 years, he fathered Rue, and Peleg lived after he fathered Rue 209 years. So he's way down there to 239. (laughs) He ate too much meat, um, perhaps. Um,
4: well, you said, oh, when payleg, so when leg the, the the worth was divided, I wonder if that just meant that now living was a little bit harder, right? Because now you're competing with all these other people for food
1: and... You know, and move. who was the mighty warrior running around oh, killing yeah. everybody? <laughs> you <know? laughs> right. So you got that guy. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so this guy's 239. Verse 20, when Ru had lived 32 years, he fathered Sarug, and Ru lived after he fathered Sarug, 207 years. So this guy here, 239 also. Then verse 22, Sarug lived 30 years, he fathered Nahor, and then he lived 200 years. And so as you can see, that's 230. Verse 24, when Nahor lived 29 years, he fathered Terah, and Nahor lived after he fathered Terah, 119 years. So look at that, he's all the way down to one. 48, and then verse 26, when Terah had lived 70 years, he fathered Nahor and Haran. If you look up to uh, chapter 11, verse 32, just a a jump ahead, the last verse, it says the days of Terah were 205 years, so um, that's his, so something happened to Nahor, he got sick. The average though, um, what's that? Could be. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, The average of these now generations is 321 years. Mm. So remember the first 10, 905. The second 10, essentially, 321. Um, But if you take the first four, Shem, Arpeg, Shad, Sheila, Eber, Mm. that's 484-year average. Mm. And the second four or five That's a 212-year average, so we're dropping um, significantly. So that number 321 is accurate, certainly, for those 10 generations, but now we're in the 200s here, all right? That makes sense? Oh, and then, of course, that's where Nimrod was, so he's messing some people up, apparently. (laughs) I don't know if that's the case, but all right, So and I throw that up there, just a comparison now, 905 down to 212, all right? You
4: got So the reason why people would say there might be generations missing, uh-huh. because if you take that section of uh, verses, there's basically ten generations or ten steps to Abraham, which is a nice number. Seven and mm. ten seem to be. Sure, right. sure. No. just
1: saying. That's why. Right. And so they're agree. kind of like, what's the chances it's yeah. going to be that? What? Sure. Well, we're going to do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. You know right I mean? okay. So, okay, let's see here. Uh... All right, let's go to this one. You may we, We've shown you this a lot here. Uh, but because of the listing of Arpag Shad two years after the flood, we can figure him out. Shem, 1558, um, I think. Yes, sir? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out. How,
2: the first three after Shem, they're how far apart are they? 60 years?
1: Like on birth?
2: Yeah. I'm just trying to think generationally speaking.
1: Oh, it's about thirty years that somebody gives birth. Is that what you're what asking? I'm saying
2: is, this group of people lived approximately the same length of time, and then it drops to this group of people. Okay. And then this group of people. Okay. It's uh, so it just, I was just okay, striking as you were going through here. the other chart how it almost seemed like after some period of time, it a it, shift. Yeah, a sudden shift down mm-hmm. to. You know, from four hundred years to two hundred years—that's mm-hmm. a significant drop. It's not—it's like saying you know, we went from living seventy-seven years to fifty. You know, yeah. percentage-wise, yeah. So um.
4: there's also some discussion about uh, the, why did Tara give had three kids at seventy years? Abraham being well—does it mean that? At 70 years, he had three kids total? Or does it mean that Abraham was born when Tara was seven? Right, right. Um, because you, we aren't, it's great that you see he's lined up. Noah and Abraham were contemporaries. That's what I think you're pointing out. But some people have talked about Abraham might have been born earlier. Yeah. And even had more overlap.
1: Yeah, so I put the C there time. for around 1948. Yeah. So that's circa 1948. Yeah. That's the latest he could have been born. Um, if indeed he was born when mm-hmm. when Tara turned 70. But I suspect he's 20, 25 years, 30 years earlier <coughs> than 1948, maybe closer to 1918 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but
3: they, they're not necessarily living in the same area. Hmm.
1: Not necessarily in the same area, but certainly yeah, in the same time happened period. Happened, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: Alright, so that's the purpose okay. of that.
4: So I say that because I think this, this book of Enoch that it, see, it, I think they're story in there about Abraham going to visit his great-great-great-great-grandfather great, great and learning the ways of the Lord from mm-hmm. Noah. Okay. So, take for what it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, let's read verse 27. Now, and follow me. Now, these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abraham, Nahor, excuse me, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. All right so oop got a little error there with me sorry about that it's Haran it's Haran all righty but that's uh, his three sons there verse 28 and Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans so no Haran there he goes poor fella, Bye-bye. um <laughs> <laughs> and Abram and Nahor took wives, wives I mean, and the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, there she is, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milka. And boy, it got messed up again. It wasn't that's messed just
0: up. just your text, the text box.
1: It she wasn't on my able computer, able to... it was fine. Yeah, it so mm-hmm. shifts well.
0: when you change it to a PowerPoint. Those silly things.
1: All right. Um, now notice this though about Milka. It says that Milka was the daughter of Haran who was the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now they have a brother named Haran so it could be that Nahor married his niece or it could just be another guy out there named Haran. Um,
4: this was not uncommon.
1: What? That he married his niece?
4: Because right. Abraham and yeah. yeah. Zariah are half-sisters.
1: Yeah, sister. I would assume based on the fact that it just used the name Haran that It's the niece. Um, Otherwise, it would have said something like, not that one. (laughs) one. Or whatever. But who knows exactly. But I'm going with that. Mm
3: -hmm. All righty.
1: And then verse 30, it says, now Sarai was barren. She had no child. Two reasons that's there. One is because we're talking about these people having these kids and so on. Mm -hmm. But two, because we're going to come back to it and it's going to be a significant story that um, is going to be important. So, filed away. What's that? Teaming it, it up, right? All right, verse thirty-one. Now it says, Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran." So, yeah. So there's Lot, Haran, the son of uh, Haran, and it says, "Oh, we had to go to this one." Milka went from Haran's kid, if you will, to Nahor's wife. So that's why she moves up there. And oh, where would Lot go? Well Lot's supposed to be over here I'm, I'm pointing he's on my He's supposed to be under Essentially Abram and Sarah, so he moves over. That's a bummer.
4: That leaves
1: Wonder what happened. And poor Iska, yeah, I don't know what she's up to. But anyway, Lot uh here it says that he goes with Terah and Abram and Sarah and then eventually he'll be sort of in the care of Abram and Sarah. And it says they went together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. Uh, But when they came to Haran, they settled there. So if you look on this particular map, we we looked at before. Again, that's the Fertile Crescent there. Ur is the one circled all the way down the bottom. Um, We'll learn about the call later on. But these guys leave that area at, at the minimum, the four of them. I don't know if there's a wife or something in there as well. But Abram, Sarah, Lot, and Terah, they go, and they essentially, I don't have the exact location, but they, they kind of stop up here. Um, that's roughly where the area of Haran is, um, and there they sort of settle in. That's where Terah will actually die. Um, and as we're going to see in chapter 12, Abram is going to be called again Um to keep on going, if you will. So.
4: And Nimrod's out of the picture, right? Were, we're many hundreds of years later? Or?
1: Um. Well, we think... We
4: don't know how long he lived, right?
1: No, it doesn't say. It seems that after Babel, he's out of the picture. So
4: he was at Aparchad.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was between Aparchad and Eber. So between 16... No, years. no, no. He was um, a contemporary of Shelah. So okay. we we said prob around seventeen hundred we we put him in that ballpark? So, so
2: technically good So I've decided that your numbers are absolutely one hundred percent correct.
3: Really? Yes. Why?
2: Abram was born in nineteen forty-eight. Yeah. Israel. <laughs> Israel.
1: Israel was born in nineteen forty eight. All right. Yeah. See that? Okay, and then verse thirty-two: the days of terror were two hundred and five years, and he died in Haran, which is interesting because that's the name of his son. Um, perhaps For me he... now,
2: two hundred in, in a couple hundred years, look out hundred years from one
1: 2108. 2108. Okay. Coming back All right let's not put that on there. Just That was Jay. He was kidding yeah. <laughs> All right, so next week it's the call of Abram. so that should be awesome. All right. Um, you can read ahead. let's uh pray, Father, thank you for um, just a fun time to, to go through the word together again and uh, Lord, we know that we live in dark days. Lord, we're just seeing uh, more and more folks um, not giving you any honor, really, um, and uh, just more and more open, Lord, defiance, and uh, and Father, it's, it's certainly disconcerting, uh, but yet, Lord, we know that in the midst of the darkness that you can shine bright, and uh, so, Lord, we pray for opportunities. We know you're working on people's hearts. Lord, we, uh, we know that there are others, Lord, that uh, will be brought into your kingdom. And so we pray, Lord, uh, however long we may have here on the earth, that you would use us, and Lord, that truly our hearts would um, be just aware and cognizant of the fact that the days are indeed short and evil, and uh, your coming is soon, and that, Lord, we would use Lord every moment. Um, to advance your kingdom. So thank you, Lord, for each other. Lord, what a blessing. We pray in your name. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to the sermon podcast of Calvary Chapel of Mercer County. If you would like more information about the church, its ministries, its worship services, or its small groups, please visit ccmercer.com or download the church app to your phone.